0: Hello, Molo, Sawana, Jambo and welcome to Every Nation Durban. We are part of a global family of churches with the purpose to honor God by establishing Christ-centered, spirit-empowered, socially responsible churches and campus ministries in every nation. You can find us in big cities like London, New York, Paris and Joburg. You can also find us in nations like Bangladesh, Botswana, China and even Hawaii. In Durban, we have a local vision of being a healthy church that starts other healthy churches. Our mission is reach, disciple, impact. We want to reach every person, every campus, and every nation. Join this mission to honor God and advance His kingdom.
1: Well, good morning, Every Nation Durban and anybody else who might be logging in with us this morning. I really hope that you took that invitation to enter into worship this morning because for us in the room, it was spectacular. And I really hope that you turned your home into a sanctuary. Worship has an incredible ability to shift the atmosphere over, um, our, where, where we are geographically. It has an ability to shift the atmosphere of our own hearts. And, um, and I really hope you took that opportunity. So thank you to Lungi and the team. You guys were amazing and exceptional. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Tricia Sanderman. And alongside my husband with um, a crew of incredible elders, we steward the leadership of this church, Every Nation Durban. And um, this morning we are going to be wrapping up our revival series. I've entitled it Revival Revolution. And, um, and I think it's pretty apt because we find ourselves um, amidst a lot today. I think there is a lot that has happened. There's a lot to process. And we find ourselves amidst the aftermath of horrific unrest in our city. We find ourselves amidst uh, the process of beginning to pick up the pieces and trying to rebuild. And we find ourselves amidst um, hearts that are very varied. Um, we find ourselves um, engaging with people who, whose hearts are in different states. There are shaken hearts. There are hurting hearts, hearts that are grieving, hearts that are traumatized. There are very angry hearts. There are provoked hearts. There are offended hearts. There are manipulated hearts. There are racially charged hearts. And there are many broken hearts. And so I really want to just start today with some wisdom that comes from the book of Proverbs. And then I'm going to ask Spornello to, um, to pray for each of us. But the, the proverb goes like this. Proverbs 4 verse 23. Above all else. Can you say that with me at home? Above all else. Above all else, God your heart. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And so my encouragement to you this morning is that you hear this this proverb and you allow it to meet your heart where it's at. Your Everybody's heart is in a different place. But if we allow the word of God to come and if we take hold of this wisdom, I'm telling you right now something miraculous can happen. Because I don't want to just go into this sermon, this last message that we're going to preach, and your heart isn't in a place that is able to receive the word. I don't want you to miss what God is wanting to say. And so Spo, if I could ask you to just come and pray for each of us. Let's take a moment. Let's bring our individual hearts before God. Let's ask him to help us in our time of need before we go into the word.
2: Thanks, Trish. Can we just close our eyes and pray. Oh Heavenly Father, we just come before you this morning, Lord God. Lord Jesus, we open up our hearts, Lord God. We, Lord, we surrender ourselves to you, Lord God. Lord Jesus, in a position, Lord God, to receive from you, God. Lord Jesus, I pray that you speak to us, God. Lord Jesus, I pray, God, for the cares of life, Lord Jesus, that they may step aside at this moment, Lord God. For those of us, Lord Jesus, that are just distracted, Lord God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that we may just focus ourselves, Lord God, to receive from you, God. Lord Jesus, for those of us, Lord God, that are just hurting, Lord God, and uh, we can't get over the emotions, Lord God, I pray, Lord Jesus, that you, Lord God, bring truth, Lord God, Lord Jesus, that you open up our hearts, Lord God, Heavenly Father, I just pray, Lord God, that you speak to us this morning, Lord God, as we open up ourselves to you, Lord God, to receive from you directly, Lord Jesus, God, I pray that we may look to you, Lord God, and just uh, look beyond, Lord Jesus, whatever our minds are telling us, whatever other things are telling us, but trust in you. Lord God, at this moment, Lord Jesus, Lord God, we look to you, Lord Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith, Lord Jesus, Lord God, that you are our guide and that you are our shepherd, Lord Jesus, God, enable us, Lord God, to transition, Lord God, from being a place, Lord God, where uh, we are driven by emotions, Lord God, but to come to a place where we, Lord, we, we are able to be used by you, Lord Jesus, to bring truth to this world, to bring life, to bring healing, Lord Jesus, God, I pray, Lord God, that as we go, before, as we go on, Lord God, as we, are, as we walk, Lord God, as the walking wounded, Lord Jesus, Lord God, that we may be able to strengthen ourselves in you, Lord God, that we may find strength in you, Lord Jesus, that we may find, Lord God, foundation in you, Lord God, that we may build our lives firmly on you, Lord God, that we may look to you, Lord Jesus, Lord God, to a horizon of the future that you have for us, Lord God, the horizon of the future of the kingdom of heaven, Lord Jesus, not to what man is building but to what you want to build and what you want to establish. In our nation Lord God Lord Jesus that we seek, we seek you Lord God Above everything else Lord God Lord God we say let your kingdom come Let your will be done on, our, on earth As it is in heaven Lord Jesus Lord God help us to align our hearts With whatever is in heaven Lord God Not whatever is on earth Lord Jesus That we may look beyond culture We may look, to look beyond political agendas We may look beyond uh, What other thing we may see on social media But align ourselves with you Lord God Lord Jesus, open up our hearts to receive from you, God. In your holy name I pray. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Thank you, Spohr. That was amazing. And you know, our hearts are very, very precious to God. And, and I can encourage you that your heart is safe with Him. Whatever space you, your heart has found, put it in His care. He, he's so good. To be honest, last week I was my heart was traumatized. And it was in this space where I worshipped and and I... And I Spoke with other people in this room who just loved on me, and and there's been a journey of of healing as well that that I've engaged in. But but the heart is above all else, guard it. Otherwise, we'll miss what God is wanting to do in this hour. So, Amen. That was a powerful prayer, and I hope you engaged in it. Um, so today we find ourselves at the end of our revival series. Oh, but. It's the end of the series and it's the start of the next thing and revival is the next thing. We've also been very intentional about praying into revival. You will know that last year that we, we prayed into revival for 40 days, Wayne um, and the team did some amazing devotions around revival. We've also just finished, I think it was Friday was our last day of praying 40 days for revival. Every morning and every evening, 6 a.m. and 6 p.m., we've been, we've been carrying revival in prayer in a heartfelt, intentional way. And, um, and guys, I can tell you something, in the last 40 days of doing this series and praying for revival, we have seen a lot happen, all right? And, um, and what I'm going to do before I actually get into some meat of the word is that I want to take us on a little journey to unpack what has happened since we started praying for revival 40 days ago and it's quite an interesting journey so um i, I know that you're going to you're going to catch on with what's happening here but i need to preface it by saying i am not in any way positioning every nation durban as the central point of revival in um in our city or worldwide or anything like that um you've got to hear me clearly on that all i'm doing is i'm trying to show us, as every nation durban the strategic positioning that God has us to play, to play our part in the revival story. So has everybody heard me clearly on that? Okay, I'm not positioning us as a central figure here, but playing our part. And we must remember that men and women from communities um, and for decades um, have been praying for this revival, um, and, it's, and people are even still praying now. But this is our little part of the story. So we started on the 13th of June. Guys, it was a Sunday. And I remember it very clearly. Tubbs was leading worship and Wayne was preaching that first, um, that first Sunday. And I remember arriving at church that day and there was already a tangible presence of God in the room, particularly here on the stage. Um, worship team who was here, you will recall you were on. Some of you were on your knees. Some of you were weeping. I remember Makabongwe was just strumming on that guitar, tears pouring down his face. I don't think we've ever seen Mac with tears pouring down his face like that. It was pretty radical. And, um, and as, as Wayne and I literally walked closer to the stage, we could we could feel this intensity of God's presence, um, and it, it just drew us in. And I remember the more we, the closer we came, the more we just got drawn into it. And we too just became engulfed in the deep spaces of God on that Sunday. But unfortunately, because you have to, you know, do pre-services and you've got people coming in the door and you've got to go live, um, we had to stop that moment. I wish, I wish we didn't have to stop that moment because it was just so beautiful, um, the depths of spaces we went to with God. Uh, but we did. We had to call a little pre-service meeting and it was there that we discovered that Tubs and Wayne had been given the same scripture. And it was that scripture from Isaiah 64 verse 1, which says, Oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down. And I really feel like in that moment, in that pre-service worship space, there was a rending of the heavens and there was the presence of God coming down. And it was beautiful, and it was deep, and it was intimate, and it was powerful. I hope those of you who are here are recalling it or remembering what was going on at that time. And you know, that Sunday, church was pretty full. I remember we had uh, some really good ministry after the service, and I, I remember people coming and saying, you know what, I've been reaching out to a friend, and she finally came to church, and now she's given her life, and there was testimonies and ministry that was happening. It was really amazing. And it was in that service that we got our first batch of people signing up for our 6 a.m., 6 p.m. revival prayer slots. It was awesome. It was church. It was church as it's meant to be. The saints gathering together, the presence of God coming, This people who are lost are getting saved, finding life, finding healing, people being prayed for, people putting up their hand to get involved in, in praying. And you know what? That Monday on the 14th is when we we started our consistent, heartfelt prayers for revival. And I'm sure many of you will recall after everybody's slot, they would send a little picture or a little video to encourage us of what had happened in the prayer room, in our 24-7 prayer room at that time. And um, it was so inspiring to see Husbands and wives praying together there, connect groups who were going in, people who were um, praying with their children, even little kids going and drawing pictures and sticking it on the walls, parents who were praying with their teenagers in that space, even people who were connecting online into the prayer room. Big shout out to our family and Mtaita who were who were plugging in via, via online. But do you know what happened the following Sunday, Sunday the 20th of June? We were not allowed to meet in our church venue again. All of a sudden, COVID restrictions had pushed us to a space where we were only allowed to meet 100 people in an outdoor space. So, we what's our new word? Pivot. We pivoted. And we, we set up church on the rooftop. And we had our first rooftop service, preaching outside. And, and God gave us beautiful weather, which was awesome. And Spawn and his team managed to get all the tech stuff outside. And a hundred of us met on the roof, and we worshipped together, and we sat under the word. And Wayne began to unpack what revival is. He began to unpack what it it means to have a unified understanding and language that revival is God coming near, the church coming alive, and the lost getting saved. And as we embraced that language, we continued with our 24-7 Uh, Our 6 a.m., 6 p.m. prayer meetings, using that language to shape our prayers. And you know, the following Sunday, the 27th of June, Wayne, we once again found ourselves on that rooftop. And Wayne began to unpack that powerful revelation from Hosea 6, verses 1 to 3, about latter and former rain. And about how the latter rain marks the end of harvest. And that without rain, there is no harvest. And how in Zechariah 10 verse 1, God says that we need to ask the Lord for rain in the time of latter rain. And he shared what happened as he was preparing during that week. And how there was actually a, a, a demonic presence that, that just manifested in the room where he was preparing. When he was finding that revelation in that scripture. And, um, and if you haven't heard that sermon, I really encourage you to go and and, and watch it online because, as I was doing this little, you know, historic trail of what's happened, I noticed that that particular sermon, which actually made demons uh, get a little bit shaken up, is one of the sermons that has been least listened to, because the enemy is trying to keep that revelation from the church. It's trying to keep it from us. So if you haven't plugged in and listened to that, I really want to encourage you go and 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 see and hear about latter and former rains and our responsibility to ask the Lord for rain in the time of latter rains. And it was in that sermon that he asked the question, could, God, um, could there be a global outpouring of the Holy Spirit? Yes and amen, there can be a global outpouring of the Holy Spirit. And we really believe that that is what God is going to be doing. And we're going to play our part in it. Well, lo and behold, the following Sunday... The 4th of July, we could no longer even meet 100 people on the rooftop anymore because everything was shut down and we could only meet in an online space. Are you hearing me here, guys? Are you, are you tracking? Can you see what's going on? Okay? Pay attention. So Spore preached that Sunday. And what a great word he preached. Man, Spore, you are an amazing preacher teacher, man. He spoke about how the Holy Spirit fell in the upper room and not in the temple. And why that happened. He spoke about how the disciples were gathered together. It's important that we are able to gather together. How they prayed. How they were hungry for God to move. It was a powerful sermon. And you know, it was somewhere around this time that we learned that our dear friend Karabo had been hospitalized because he had tested positive for covid And by that Thursday, the man who was making progress just turned. And Tuli phoned us and she said, he's had to be put on a ventilator. And you know what we did? We prayed. We gathered. We called a a, a prayer meeting. I remember that Thursday we were in the Drakensberg finishing off a, a beautiful holiday that somebody had blessed us with. Thank God, God gave us a holiday before all of this happened. But um, I remember we got the phone call. We immediately packed up everything. And we immediately got on the phone and we said, we need to set up prayer meetings. And we had the bushes leading the prayer meeting at the hospital where Karabo was in the parking lot. We had um, spore leading a prayer meeting here in the, in the um, 24-7 prayer room. We had the Pauls leading a prayer meeting at Tuli's house in her driveway while everybody's in the cars just meeting and greeting and chatting. And we had Mac leading a prayer meeting online. Four prayer meetings set up and we began to pray. And, you know, we haven't stopped praying for Carabo every single night, 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. And we are seeing a miracle happening in Karabo's life. We are seeing an absolute miracle. Day after day, we're seeing miracle after miracle after miracle. And it is awesome because there is so much power made available when the church will pray when we will gather, when we will unite, when we will be of one heart and one mind, declare God's word and pray. So that is what we began to see. And then Sunday the 11th was when Wes came from Cedar Hill and he preached on revival and he preached about our role in revival, that each and every one of us carry God's presence We carry his power. We carry his authority in the earth. He began to give us a charge of our role to play in revival. And you know what happened? We started to see pockets of unrest happening around that time. And by the Monday, unrest had broken into what looked a lot like something like anarchy. It was horrific. It was absolutely horrific what was happening. And the destruction that was wreaked all over our city and in our suburbs. And if that wasn't traumatic enough and disturbing enough and disappointing enough, we had those who would capitalize on the fear and vulnerability of people and jump on the bandwagon and begin to fuel race dramas. And in the very fresh aftermath of all that destruction, Sunday the 18th of July, We put up a picture of three couples of different race groups who are genuine, heartfelt friends, sitting side by side, united by one thing, Jesus. Same spirit in all of them. And we put that up as a picture, and we shared the word because we knew that we needed to guide our tender hearts through that moment, through the mess of our society. and. And, you know, I just want to say to the Dlaminis and the Pauls, you guys are absolute heroes. And Wayne and I love and honor you so much. You're an absolute privilege to have call cool friends, and you're an absolute blessing to the city and to this nation. And and I know I speak on behalf of everybody who actually knows you as well. And on that particular Sunday, Sunday the 18th of July, guys, are you seeing this little train of events, this little thing unpacking here? On the 18th of July, Makabongwe, pray preached. (laughs) He pray preached his way, leading us through surrender, leading us through healing, through personal revival, through resurrection power. And he led us to stand together to resist lawlessness. He led us into finding strength in the joy of the Lord. And he reminded us that we were made for such a time as this. He reminded us that it is Christ in us who is the hope of glory. And it's the power of life and death is in our tongues. And that what we speak is what comes into being. And he also mentioned how important it is that we we steward ourselves in online spaces. And it was a beautiful prayer preach and we'll never forget it because it was the last one before he went off to room to go be a blessing there. What did we see after that? We saw a speedy response from Wayne as he created and led the impact campaign where he linked resources and funds from all over South Africa and around the world to put food and toiletries into our hands as the church to go and be an impact to friends, to families, to neighbors, to colleagues, to anybody that we personally knew who was affected by the destruction of the violent unrest. We were empowered as a church with Practical means to go and be salt and light, to pray with people, to encourage people, to help people. And through all of this, guys, we've been praying. 6 a.m., 6 p.m., praying 7 p.m. to 8 p.m. for Carabo. And today, guys, 25th of July, we find ourselves at the end of this revival series, end of 40 days of praying for revival. And I can only but look back over that little journey and say that the enemy is terrified. He is terrified of a church that will gather and pray and seek God's face. He is terrified of the church who will sit under the word of God as revelation is revealed, as people take hold of truth and begin to apply it, as people understand the times and seasons that they find themselves in. He is terrified. And that's why we see so much restriction and chaos and drama because he does not want to see the revival fire coming in to durban and moving all the way through where it needs to go and you know what we do when a ter- when a, when the enemy is terrified we take more steps forward we keep advancing we don't retreat we don't fall into into some kind of complacency or apathy or trip over our own shoelaces, we keep advancing. We keep moving forward. We keep prevailing because we want to be a part of the revival story to its end picture that God has for it. And every nation, Durban, there is a strategic place that each and every one of us has to play in this revival story. Can you see it? Can you see? There's something so much bigger than just being a part of a church community and having a nice place to go on a Sunday. This is about advancing a kingdom. This is about God rending the heavens and coming down to a people who are so desperate for Him. Look around at society. It is broken. It is messed up. It is confused. It doesn't have a clue what to do. God knows what to do. God is the one who can heal, restore Uplift, rebuild. When he comes near, all hell breaks loose. If you're seeing hell breaking loose, it's because God is coming near. The church is coming alive. The lost are getting saved. I don't know about you, but I am seeing in my own street and in things that are being sent to me, people gathering and praying. People in shopping malls, people in parks, people in, you know, on the corner of their neighborhoods, gathering together. Praying, bringing hope, bringing encouragement. Take heart, church. Take heart, church. We are on the front foot. And we'll continue to move forward as the troops continue to align, as the troops continue to bring God's kingdom. Amen? Amen. Okay. So we have a strategic place to to position ourselves in. This is our time in history. I hope you can see that you are a critical component in this revival story. I hope that you can see that you, you are a powerful weapon in the hand of God. And that as we gather under the word, as we pray, as we reach out, as we disciple, as we impact, we are going to see that we were born for such a time as this. Awake, arise, open your eyes. The writing is on the wall. Wayne has been saying that for weeks on end. Guys, the writing is on the wall. Can you see it? So the way I'm going to wrap this series is by asking a simple question. My question is this. Where do you find yourself in the current revival revolution? Where do you find yourself in the current revival revolution? And where will you be when it finally breaks out completely? Will you be in the medic's tent Who goes to the medics' tents? Well, often it's the civilians who don't have a clue what's going on. They're battered. They're bruised. They can't understand the times or seasons. The people in the medics' tents are the casualties of war, the ones who realized that they didn't have someone alongside them to have their back, and they got taken out. They got wounded. They got stuck in a fence. They got stuck in hopelessness. They didn't guard their hearts above all else. They're needing care. They're needing assistance. Who else do we find in the medic's tent? We find the generals who took a shot, who got snipered in the interim. Will you find yourself in the medic's tent? Are you in the medic's tent right now? Or are you a rookie? Are you a rookie who is being trained on the job in the matters of word and war? Perhaps you weren't paying enough attention during training Because you were sleeping in the arms of Delilah. Perhaps you weren't paying enough time during training time because you were distracted with other matters. Are you a rookie who is learning on the job what to do and how to do it? Are you still learning how to apply God's word through your mouth with authority? Are you still learning how to lead your own heart? Or are you finding yourself as a general? Someone who is advancing taking ground and leading others. Because that's where we're meant to be. We're meant to be the generals, guys. We're meant to be the ones leading the charge, directing the ship, showing, showing that those who are all around us, who are falling by the wayside, this is the way that we're going. Rise up. This is how we do it. This is how we fight our battles. Are you a general who sees things that are going around through the eyes of the spirit and not purely through the eyes of the natural? Are you one who is sharp in the spirit realm and sharp in the natural realm? One who is getting to rub shoulders with other generals and bounce ideas off of them? Where are you? Are you in the medic's tent? Are you a rookie learning on the job? Or are you a general? And I don't, I'm do not i not putting those categories so that people can feel bad about themselves. But just identify where you are. Go, oh yes, I'm wounded. I'm in the medic's tent. I need to get healed. Because when you know where you are, then you know how you can can take the next step. And I know that the, the loving, gracious kindness of God is that he meets you where you are. But you've got to be able to identify where you are. If you realize, oh my gosh, we're actually in a war and I'm actually a rookie Uh, I should have finished that biblical foundations course. Uh, I should have, um, got someone to pray with me so that I could be baptized in the Holy Spirit so I could pray in tongues because the people who are praying in tongues are really standing a lot stronger than others. Um, whatever it is, just identify where you are so that you know what the next step is to take. Does that make sense? Okay. So wherever you find yourself, be kind to yourself. God is gracious. He's good. But think about these three things wherever you find yourself. The three things I want you to think about. I want you to pray. I want you to understand. And I want you to act. Okay? Let's unpack those a little bit. Lange said it so well last week. He said, you've got to pray. You've got to know how to pray you got to pray, really, really pray. You've got to pray with your Bible. You've got to pray with your whole heart. You've got to pray at all times. You've got to pray with others. You've got to pray alone. You've got to pray for your heart. You've got to bring your heart before God. You've got to be one who applies Ephesians 6.18 to their life. Pray in the Spirit on all occasion with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. We've got to pray, guys. We've got to up our understanding of prayer. We've got to up our intensity in prayer. We've got to up our our level of engagement with prayer. You know, and, and to that end, we've decided that we're not going to stop praying with our 6 a.m. and 6 p.m. slots. We're actually going to continue with them. So as of tomorrow morning, T'Chang will be leading the first prayer meeting. 6 a.m., you'll be able to log in online. And 6 a.m., 6 p.m., every single day, we're going to keep praying. And 7 p.m. to 7 a, to 8 p.m., we are still praying for Karabo. We are praying for Karabo until he leaves that hospital and is returned to Tuli and the kids. We can pray. We're going to pray. We're going to pray. And you know what? Maybe you're thinking, oh, well, you know, I don't, I don't really know how to pray. I feel like I've got a bit of a ceiling on me when I pray. Get around others who pray with more understanding or revelation or maturity. Get around others. Read a book on prayer and start to apply it. I, I, I got a, a WhatsApp recently from an incredible woman called Kathleen Delahunt. Um, she's on a lot of groups. She's a prophetic teacher. And, uh, and she just threw out some some encouragement on prayer. And I'm just going to run through it really quickly. So if you're taking notes, you can scribble them down. It can be a good starting point. Some advice on how to pray? Worship. Okay, Worship shifts the atmosphere. It pushes back darkness. It allows the, the heavenly spaces to come into the natural realm. Worship. Put worship on. Put worship into your ears. Put worship on in your homes. The power of repentance when you pray. There's a lot of things in our nation and our own lives that we need to repent for, repent on behalf of. We need to break those soul ties that are connected to any unforgiveness. And you know that, that when we come with repentance, repentance is an incredible gift that God has given humanity. Okay? Repentance is a gift and it carries a lot of power. So when we get on our knees and we repent for certain things, in our own hearts, in our own lives, when we repent on behalf of of our our city, our nation, our brothers, our sisters, our government, our leadership, when we repent, there's a lot of power made available. What about praying in tongues? Praying in tongues. From the moment this stuff happened, guys, I just could not stop praying in tongues. I was so grateful that I knew how to pray in tongues and I wasn't embarrassed about praying in tongues and I I didn't question like I did in my early years of, is this me or is this God or what is this, da-da-da-da-da. It's like I could pray in tongues. I could take my position and pray in the Spirit. Much power is made available when you pray in tongues because you're praying in agreement with the Holy Spirit. What about in your prayers blessing those who are cursing you? What about positioning yourself with, with, with a mouth that is going to bless those who curse you? Come with the opposite spirit. You know what if, Do you know how that, that really messes with the enemy and his plans? Because you don't partner with what he's doing. You begin to come with the opposite spirit. What about operating in love? Love casts out all fear and it covers a multitude of sin. Love reaches out to the lost. Pray for love to be birthed in your heart. Pray for love that people will be loving their neighbor as themselves. What about praying for the persecutors? Praying for those who, who are actually doing wrong, to actually have divine encounters that they would get saved, that they would, there would be intervention, and, and, the, and the person who was going to throw a petrol bomb or the person who was going to blow up something or, or harm somebody or something was actually intervened. God intervened, and, and the, a beautiful salvation story came out of that. Pray for those who want to do harm towards you. What about speaking confusion to the enemy's camp? What about using your time of prayer to just begin to declare that wherever the enemy is manifesting, there's going to be confusion, and he's not going to be able to—he's going to run around his own tail, and everything is going to get dispersed whenever he's trying to cause havoc. And what about gathering together wherever you can to worship and pray, because one can put a a thousand to flight to ten thousand. Guys, this isn't just—this isn't just. Things we read or say because they sound eloquent when we stand together. This is truth. This is powerful. When one prays, a thousand are put to flight. When two pray, ten thousand. Gather with the person next to you. Pray with your spouse. Pray with people who you share a home with. Pray with people at work. There is so much power in prayer. Okay, so every prayer slot this week is going to be filled by this church. 6am, 6 6pm. 6 Make a decision right now. I'm going to choose Wednesday evening, 6pm, and I'm going to join whoever's leading on that day, and I'm going to commit. That's going to be my prayer slot. And I'm going to pray. Because revival is here. Revival is here. Okay, so that's pray. Lange, I hope I did a good enough, good job there to, you know, stoke those prayer, prayer, um, fires. Because, uh, when you, when you shared, that story, Lange, about your grandmother being in in her house and she was praying for, for the chief who had actually commissioned people to go and burn down her house and they didn't because they said, how could this be my enemy when she's actually praying for my chief? That's powerful. That's the power of prayer. So thank you for that that you shared last week. The second thing is, so first is that we would pray. Secondly, that we would understand. We need to be a people of understanding. Right Natural situations are affected by spiritual situations. We've got to be a people of understanding. It's time to put childish things away, guys. Natural situations are affected by spiritual situations. We have to understand that when Scripture tells us that we wrestle not against flesh and blood, that our battle is actually one that is spiritual. We are wasting our time if we are engaging in online social media what-whats, okay? Our battle is not against flesh and blood. It is not against different race colors. It is not against our leaders who maybe make decisions that we don't think are good. Uh, The battle is not against flesh and blood. Hear me loud and clear. Maybe even say it out loud. My battle is not against flesh and blood. Okay. Humanity is created in God's image. Humanity. Organizational structures are set in place by God. It is the enemy who comes and infiltrates people's minds and their hearts and he begins to distort the image of God and he begins to distort it and he brings chaos. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood. We have got to know this. We have got to understand this. And we have got to share this with the people around us. Our battle is not against flesh and blood. Ephesians 6 verse 10 says, My brethren, be strong in the Lord. We've got to be strong in this, guys. Be strong in the Lord and in the might of His power. Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Are you able to understand the wiles of the devil? Can you look around at your natural situation and go, That is the wiles of the devil. That is the devil manifesting. That is the devil influencing people. Are you able to look around and understand? Because it says there, we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Church, we need to mature in our understanding of the spirit realm more. Okay, We need to understand... What is going on? So on the Sunday before the unrest really broke out on the Monday, there was something that happened um, near our, our house. There was a man who walked down the road and he was muttering. He was like he was in a trance and he was muttering under his breath and he was making very racially inappropriate statements. And, uh, he wasn't in his right mind. He was under spiritual powers. Now, that was a warning to Wayne and I that something was seriously up. This wasn't just idle threats. You've got to understand the natural realm according to what's going on in the spiritual realm. Right? So let us, let us upgrade ourselves in our understanding. And in our maturity of spiritual things, because they will lead us to to pray effectively. We've got to understand that in our nation, there is a heart condition that's not okay. There's a lot of people who've been um, trying to build a nation, but their heart condition is not okay. We need to engage in worship, we need to engage in repentance. We need to understand that the enemy has legal rights to steal, kill, and destroy because of the amount of blood that is shed in religious worship. We need to understand that there is witchcraft and idolatry and greed and complacency in the church. We need to understand that there is a need for forgiveness, a breaking of bread, asking God to release angels to deal with principalities and powers, dismantling strongholds. We've got to have a stronger, deeper understanding of what's going on. And we are protected as the church because we have been taught that we can pick up the full armor of God so that we can withstand the evil day and having done all else to continue to stand. And how do we stand? We gird our waist with truth. Right? We put on that breastplate of righteousness. We shut our feet with the gospel and the preparation of peace. We take our shield of faith with which we are able to quench every fiery dart of the wicked one. We take our helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God, and we pray always praying with supplication in the spirit. Church, it's time to arise like never before. It is time to pray like never before. Get out of the arms of Delilah. Stop getting on with things that are just day-by-day stuff. Put prayer and understanding of spiritual matters at the top of your priority list. I speak to myself as well. It is very easy to get wrapped up with school and raising teenagers and, you know, what's for dinner and, you know, doing a bit of church stuff here. It's very easy. It is the hour to rise up because revival is on the cusp and we are invited to be a part of it. A worldwide outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Do you not want to be a part of that? I want to be a part of that. I want to be right in, in, the, in the epicenter of what God is doing in the earth today. Arise. Arise. Be a people who pray. Be a people who understand. The same uh, prophet teacher, Kathleen de la Hunt, on the 20th of this month, she prayed. She put out a a message that um, incorporated some of the things she had previously got revealed to her previously and and some things that he was saying to her fresh. And I just want to read it to you because I found it very enlightening. She said, God has brought many prophetic words since the late 70s, saying that a time is coming when he was going to usher in a great revival in South Africa, that it would be triggered out of Durban, it would hit the Cape, and burn through South Africa, and then Africa and into the nations. In 2006, he said to her that a great shaking was coming to the nations that would shake and purge what was not of him. He told her that in 2009, Mr. Zuma would become president, but that he would not fulfill his term, and he didn't fulfill his second term. He also told her that because of 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 Mr. Zuma, many little fires would break out in the country and that the army would be released. Guys, we are seeing this right now. We are seeing this happening right now. The unrest started because people were saying that there was a cry to free Zuma. Okay, I'm not going to get into a political conversation around this. This, this is what was was said and, and, and spoken, and little fires began to break out. And the army has been deployed to Durban, where we live okay, we are living in a strategic time in history. But then God said to her, if my church will rise up and pray, God's intention, my intention is for revival fire to be all over the country, not for destroying fire to come and sabotage what I'm trying to do, but revival fire. In 2019, God said that there would be an era of shaking and then that will come from twenty twenty. We saw that. We've seen a year, last year, of shaking, great shaking. Can you see, guys? Can you see what's happening? We are seeing the fulfillment of things right here. And why is it happening in Durban? We always say, Oh, everyone forgets about Durban. If there's a if there's a concert, they'll go to Joburg or Cape Town. They won't come to Durban. God said, I'm going to send revival, I'm going to start with Durban. Why are these Why is all this happening in Durban? Because the enemy is trying to abort the revival that is imminent. As prophetic people and prayer warriors, this is what she said, this is the hour to be midwives and to fight for the birth of revival. We are called to trigger it, to birth it, Cape Town to nurture it, and South Africa to release it. I believe this is our greatest responsibility in this hour for the church of Durban and surrounding areas. The labor ward is prepared. The labor pains are intense. Birth this baby of promise in this hour. Push, push, push. Worship and pray until it manifests. I witness with this word, guys. For me, the writing is on the wall. And what are we gonna do as every nation Durban? We're gonna pray. We're gonna understand. And finally, we're going to act. You were born for such a time as this. You were born for such a time as this. If you're in the room, please turn to somebody and tell them, you were born for such a time as this. Okay, this is heavy, but it's uh, but it's real, guys. And it's exciting. You were born for such a time as this. Let the spirit of the resurrected Christ Rise up in you and empower you to be all he created you to be. This is not time to shrink back. This is not time to hide away and hope somebody else will do it. Hope somebody else will reach out to your neighbor. Hope somebody else will, will, will counter something that's being posted online. Hope somebody else will step into a position. This is the hour that you need to pray, God, where is my post? And how do I man it properly? How do I rise up as a man, as a woman, in this hour, in this nation, in this city, to pray, to understand, and to act as you would have me do? And if you don't know how to do that properly and effectively, you can ask your connect group leader to pray with you. You can ask your area leader. You can contact us. We will pray with you. We will come alongside you, but each and every person, rise up and man your post. When, when, when the unrest began, the first thing I did was I went to God and I said, "God, where do you want me posted? What must I do?" Because like chaos breaks out and and you don't know like where do you want me? And and God spoke to me so clearly. He said, "Pray and protect. Pray and protect." So I position myself to pray and protect. And you know, it's amazing because when God positions you, when he calls you to something, to stand in a post, to do something, he anoints you to do it. There is a grace to do it. He's not going to send you out into some place that, that's not your domain. He's going to anoint you for where he calls you. And maybe that means that you stand up as, as a mom in a household and you make sure that there is peace in your home and you make sure that there's worship in the home and you make sure that there are nice hearty meals in the home. Maybe that's your position in this hour. Maybe he's positioning you in, in our government, nationally or locally, and he's positioned you there strategically. He's going to anoint you to do what he wants you to do in that hour. He's going to anoint you, but you've got to find your post and you've got to man it because it's time to act. You know, we, we've spoken a lot through this revival series on, on Acts 1 about how you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You need power to act and to man your post. You need to be in the Spirit You may be standing and holding strong, holding fort. You will receive power and ability and efficiency and might when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and to the ends, the very bounds of the earth. Do you understand the significance of the hour we're in, church? Do you understand that we can't be complacent, sleepy, or worldly? Do you understand that he has clothed us in power so that we can go into all the world and preach the gospel. The post he calls you to man, the post he calls you to stand in, it's so that the gospel can advance, so that no one would miss out on the great coming of our Lord. God is not willing that any are going to perish. God is using us as the church to invite people into eternal life, To invite people into the beautiful story of humanity restored into relationship with God. I remember Wayne said something so powerful in the first sermon he preached. He said, Jesus made God safe. There is a God who will come with vengeance. Jesus made him safe, and in Jesus we are safe. In Jesus we are secure. In Jesus we are strong. Don't let your friends, family, colleagues, neighbors, people you work alongside, Get to a place where they're going to meet a God who's not safe for them. Position yourself to pray, to understand, and to act. Sure, I don't know what to do now. <laughs> that was quite a light eh? Hey? <laughs> sure, that was quite heavy. Okay. I hope everybody's okay. Is everybody okay? You are all right? Everybody online, are you okay? Give us, give us some messages in the chat to say that you're okay. You're not shell-shocked and be like, did I log into the right thing today? <laughs> we asked a question in one of our sermons, and we said, can God allow such a shaking in Durban that people will come out looking for him? Remember that. Can God allow such a shaking in Durban that people will come out looking for him? When they come out looking for him and they're coming out looking for him, will you be so kind as to show them the way? Would you be so kind as to have found courage in your Lord and your Savior and show them the way? Would you be so kind to quickly recover if you're in the medic's tent? jump in the ranks and be a rookie learning on the job? If you're a rookie, will you be so kind as to step up to the plate and come walk alongside the generals? If you're a general, will you be so kind as to not take your uniform off and act like a civilian? Will everybody man their post? Will everybody rise up in this hour? Because I know that when we unify and we unite... God commands his blessing. And there is a beautiful blessing of revival that's promised to us. So I want to pray for us. And um, I don't know whether to apologize that this has been so heavy or be like, we needed this. Come on. We, we got this thing, guys. But um, maybe wherever you are, would you just stand to your feet um, if you're at home, stand up. Stand up. Let's, let's take a moment before God. Father, we, we come before you. Maybe you even just want to extend your hands to him. Father, we come before you right now. And uh, we are a people who the enemy has tried to shake and rattle and displace, but we're, we're not going to allow him because we're going to allow your word to wash over us. We are going to allow your truth to guide us. And, um, and as, we, as we stand before you, each one of us, we, we acknowledge that you know you know us intimately. You know every hair on our head. You know the position of our hearts. You know what we're processing. You know what we're going through. And, um, and Lord, as you meet each one of us where we're at, I ask for your Holy Spirit to fall upon us, to stir up within us, to awaken us, to embolden us, to give us courage. We can't do this in our strength. We see the mess we make as humanity without you. But as your children, as every nation Durban, as, as your people, Lord, called it as part of this house. We avail ourselves to you. We say, strengthen our feeble hands. Heal our broken hearts. Lift up our chins. Let our eyes be focused on you, eye to eye with you, that we would know our, our next individual step, that we would know our next corporate step. We believe that you are leading us and inviting us and positioning us to be a strategic part in the revival that you are birthing in Durban, in KwaZulu-Natal, in this beautiful province. We acknowledge that we are created for such a time as this, and that as we wait upon you, you will renew our strength. You will cause us to rise up. And so I thank you, Holy Spirit, and it's only by your Holy Spirit that we can be who you created us to be. You, we, can, we can stand alongside each other and we can be the revival revolutionaries that you've called us to be. I pray that you would take any person who's dislocated and help them get plugged in. I pray that you would strengthen anybody who needs to step up into a position of leadership if they've been just st- hiding around in the background a little bit to step up into positions of leadership. I pray, Lord, that you would fill our mouths With words of peace, love, hope, encouragement. I pray that even in our own disposition, we would find joy because you are so strong. We find joy in the midst of all of this, and it would be our strength. I pray, Heavenly Father, that your words, that you have not given us a spirit of timidity but of love, power, and sound-mindedness, that that would be what we come under every single day, that we know whose we are, and that way we know who we are, and then we're empowered to do what you've called us to do. Thank you that you're with us. Thank you that you are for us. In Jesus' name, amen. I'm going to finish with this scripture. and um, It's a scripture we read last week Sunday from Psalm 37. If you can encourage anybody with these words, then I encourage you to do it. It is better to be godly and have little than to be evil and rich. For the strength of the wicked will be shattered, but the Lord takes care of the godly. Day by day, the Lord takes care of the innocent and they will receive an inheritance that lasts forever. They will not be disgraced in hard times. Even in famine, they will have more than enough. Look at those who are honest and good, for a wonderful future awaits those who love peace. But the rebellious will be destroyed. They have no future. The Lord rescues the godly. He is their fortress in times of trouble. The Lord helps them, rescuing them from the wicked. He saves them, and they find shelter in him. God bless you. Have a wonderful week. We'll see you in the prayer meeting tomorrow at 6 a.m., if not 7 p.m. tonight when we pray for Carabo. Love you all. Have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your Sunday.
0: Thank you for joining Church Online today. We hope that you were inspired and challenged by today's message. We would like to encourage you to join one of our connect groups where you can make friends and discuss the word further. You can message us on 072-606-6747 to join a connect group or to send us any prayer needs you might have. To give your tithes an offering, please visit our website www.emderbond.org to get our bank details and zapper code have a safe and blessed week